0: I'm Kim Grinnells of dogman.com with Scott Eklund. Day 13, spring ball. We are inside the Dempsey indoor facility, and uh, we saw a ball punted up into the rafters, yeah. by the way. Did uh-huh. you see that earlier? Yeah. So,
1: Well, but and the shortest practice that you and I have attended all, all spring long because? <laughs>
0: Traffic was horrible. Oh,
1: my gosh. I got here at 9.06.
0: I'm four blocks off the freeway, Scott. 25 minutes to get on the freeway yeah. this morning. 25 minutes. It was horrid. Dude. Yeah. So I, I think it was the sun that was out that kind of, you know, people just didn't know how to handle that. And then it started raining and they there, don't know how to handle the on rain. My,
1: on my drive, there were, there were at least six accidents that I saw. Yeah. And one of them was pretty nasty.
0: Yeah, so. so, but anyways, you know, they decided to have it indoors, I yeah. don't know why, you know. But. I think
1: it was because it was raining pretty hard this morning, Right. and then it cleared up as things went along.
0: Yeah, I think everybody here would agree if you took, um, you know, if you were to describe practice today with one word. I think there's only one word yeah. that would describe it.
1: Everybody would have said it, it is chippy.
0: Yeah, as, as much as we have seen yeah. in several years here.
1: I haven't seen, I mean... We were talking, a lot of the media guys were talking on the sideline afterwards, and that one looked like it could have turned into a full-scale team brawl if people hadn't stepped in. Yeah. Because it was bad.
0: It wasn't one-on-one. It
1: it wasn't one-on-one. There were several
0: guys going at it. Yeah,
1: and the funny thing is... Usually it's receivers and defensive backs going at it, or linebackers and linemen. This was offensive linemen and defensive backs going at each other.
0: Dom Hampton seemed angry today. (laughs)
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, he got into it several times. Yeah, yeah, and he, I mean, he was he was going after guard Memelar like guard Memelar either said something to him or did something to him that really pissed him off because like he had like three guys holding him back from going after guard Memolar. Memelar was in at least a couple of them. Javion Green was in a couple of skirmishes, so it was it was chippy.
0: I was talking to Roger Rosengarten after practice, and, you know, I told him, I said the most surprising thing today, for me anyways, is usually when there's stuff breaking out, Roger Rosengard's in the yeah. middle of it. He goes, oh, wasn't my rooms that was out there. He goes, I was out there, you know. Yeah. I think he rooms with Roger with uh, Memolar. Memolar yeah. yeah, no, he was out there. Cause, I mean, just during the games, Roger's always – in the middle of yep. it,
1: and Roger is just like the nicest guy in the world off the field. Yeah, but you get him on the field, and I still remember. I got to relate this. My my son, my youngest son, I told him that, um, hey, that guy eats steaks bigger than you, right? And my son looked at him. My t- my son is tiny, and um, uh, Roger Roger goes, yeah, I eat little boy little blonde boys, which is like <laughs> mine. It was it was pretty funny, but the, I mean, he's just a big dude. He just looks like an NFL tackle when you watch him out there. He just the way he moves, the way he does things, the way he carries himself. That I I will be surprised if he is here in 2024 because I think he's going to have a great year this year, and I think he's going to the NFL.
0: Yeah, no, it was interesting uh, talking to Roger, and then um, you know just what we saw here today in practice. It was Chippy, um, you know uh, Dominic Hampton again, you know. they weren't full pads. This was not a tackle practice. And
1: But they were tackled. They were tackled. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it, it was kind of like, you know, um, oops. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. didn't mean that.
1: Well, there was one where uh, Vince Nunley came in. So Tybo Rogers made a really nice run to the outside. Kind of, I don't want to say he hurt himself because he was just kind of had a little bit of a limp on the way back and everything. They got him another, another run to the other side. And Nunley knifed in and took out his legs. Oh, yeah. And you were just like wow you're not supposed to yeah, you're not supposed to do that <laughs> yeah. and he was hurt already so, but he get he got up and he ran back and everything like that. But I was like, okay, all right, man. These guys are just going after it today.
0: Yeah, Hampton came up to uh, Cam Davis and I called it the helmet tackle. Helmet to helmet, just face guard to face guard yeah. and was talking to him the whole time. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know what was up with Dom today, but he was angry. Yeah. He was angry yep. young man out there. But uh, also a lot of big plays today, Scott.
1: Yeah, there were. Um, so, McKellisteen had a, a tipped pass that he... Um, it went off the hands of Giles Jackson from Dylan Morris and was, and McKellis Steen was right there for the interception. And then, um, uh, this is on the defensive side, obviously. And then, uh, uh, Mike, Michael Penix was picked off by, oh crud, I forgot who it was, but there was, there was a pick off, I'm trying to recall it right now, but uh, that, that one was picked off as well. I think they said it was Raylan Goforth, but I could be wrong on that. I, I'm yeah. not 100% sure on that. But anyway, there was a pickoff of him late in practice. But then there was a, a really nice touchdown. Did you see that? Uh, I don't know where you were standing, but uh, when Quentin Moore oh, was yeah. interfered by. He was interfered by Mish Powell.
0: Well, they had a blitz going on yeah. on Mike. Himes. Himes uh, yeah. And Mike was off his back put, foot, and he threw it up for grabs, mm-hmm. you know, with Quentin Moore. and I...
1: Trusting you know, it was Mish Powell. Yeah. Yeah. But he trusted Quentin Moore to go up and get it, and that's exactly what happened. And
0: Mish isn't a small guy. No,
1: he isn't, and he was in good position. And I'm pretty sure that he would have drawn a flag if there were referees here, but there weren't. So, um, But Quentin Morris still came down with the, with the uh, reception and ended up being a 25-yard touchdown. Yeah, so.
0: you know, and you know we don't want to get into the whole Heisman talk with Penix, but those are the kind of throws and those are the kind of play yeah. that Heisman, Heisman Trophy candidates make. Some,
1: well, that and, I mean, it was like Jamarcus Shepard said when we interviewed him. I don't know if it was – I think it was last Wednesday when we interviewed Jamarcus Shepard, and he said, hey – as the wide receivers, we know that there's a guy who's trying to win the Heisman that's going to be throwing the ball to us. And it's our job to make the catches to get him that Heisman trophy. And and so he, he needs his receivers to go up. But he needs to believe that these receivers, like that pass reception by... Um, Jalen McMillan in the uh, Oregon game Yeah. where you know that you're going to be able to throw it up and you trust your guy to go get it or at least knock it away and um, that's what happened with Quentin Moore today and I think you're going to see him throw the ball up a little bit more because now that he's got a year with these guys he's able to trust hey Romo Dunsey he is bigger than most of the guys he's going to be uh, guarded by so I can go and throw that up and let him go up and get it
0: yeah it was good to see Quentin Moore make that kind of a play because if you saw Quentin Moore if you stood next he's to an him,
1: absolute stud
0: he looks like a dude he yeah. just hasn't been able to see help to stay, stay healthy. healthy
1: and he's had really good players in front of him I mean Jack Westover Ryan or uh, Kate Otten and and Devin Culp all three really talented good players and so it's hard for him to get on the field and see the field. But now that he's gotten all of his time, um, Ryan Grubb actually made a comment today when we talked to him. And I know we're going to talk about what we talked about with the coaches here in a little bit. But Ryan Grubb made a comment that in, um, they call it RBA routes versus air. He said Quentin Moore, uh, he, he was standing there and someone had run a wrong route and Quentin Moore was correcting him. And he had to turn around and see who it was. Because he said last year, that never would have happened. Mm -hmm. He said Quentin was trying to play catch-up. He was trying to catch his breath. He was trying to get the signal and everything. He didn't have time to be coaching somebody else. And now he's to the point where he's coaching other people, and he said... He's just looked really, really good this spring.
0: Well, I guess, you know, like we said, you know, he looks like a dude. What is he, 6'5", 250?
1: 250, 260, somewhere in that range. Yeah.
0: Does he have the best hands in the tight end
1: room? No, I would say Jack, Jack. West over, and then probably him and Devin Culp are right there. Ryan Otten. <laughs> oh, and,
0: people people just fell off your chair yeah. saying Devin Culp. Well,
1: Devin Culp's, I don't know why people... Because I mean, he yes, did a couple he, that yeah, were high profile. And, and the thing is, he still will drop an easy one here and there, but Devin Culp's... Hands have really improved. He's really focused on it. We've seen him many times after practice, where he was, uh, you know, going, going for, uh, trying to, you know, uh, catch passes afterwards. So they, I'm back to Quentin Moore real quick. He's 6'4", 248 on the on the roster. Looks so bigger. Looks bigger than that. <clears throat> but back to um, back to Devin Culp and, and So I mean, Josh Cuevas looks like a wide receiver when he yeah. catches the ball. He's got great hands. So honestly, I would actually put. Josh Cuevas right up there with Jack with Jack West over at the top. And then Quentin Moore and and, uh, and uh, Devin Culper right there and Ryan Otten's right there. I mean, they they have a really talented tight end room right now.
0: Yeah, no, it looks good. And, you know, tight ends uh, at times can be the best friend of the uh, quarterback. Oh, absolutely. Especially can. in this offense. Well,
1: yeah, in this offense and, and the mismatches that they can present to guys, especially in the red zone where they can basically just post up defensive backs yeah and um, you know a guy like Josh Cuevas, Jack Westover, Devin Colt, Quentin Moore, a linebacker isn't going to be able to cover them from an athletic standpoint they're going to be able to run away from most linebackers but because of their size they're also going to be able to ward off safeties and corners who are trying to cover them so they are mismatches and they need to take advantage of that.
0: You think Mike Penix looks different right now than he did a year ago?
1: I I do. Um, one of the things we talked to Ryan Grubb about was just, you know, how much different he looks now. And he said, well, he says a lot of, and Mike Penix mentioned this when we talked to him, that because he's the established starter now, he's not having to step back personality-wise He kind of took a step back because he wanted to be respectful of Dylan Morris and Sam Huard because they were already on the roster. And he didn't just want to assume that he was going to be the starter. But now that he's the starter, he he steps up and he takes charge of meetings. He takes charge of the huddle and he tells guys, hey, this is what we're doing. This is what we're running. I expect you to be here.
0: A a year ago, he had his moments in in spring ball, but I mean... I don't think any of us saw what we got during no. the season. Mm-mm. We didn't see that. Well, we,
1: we said it many times that there didn't seem to be a lot of separation. No. Now, behind the scenes, people were telling us it's Michael Penix. Penix is going to be the starter. But part of that is because we didn't get to watch all of practice um, In in the, if, that I remember, Kim. No. We got to see like one or two full practices, and then we only got the thir- first 30 minutes. Yeah. This time we've gotten, I don't know, eight or nine of the 15 practice of the 14 practices that we're going to watch we got to watch the entire practice so we've seen what they're doing in, in scrimmages and things like that and we're seeing mistakes by him but we're also seeing some throws that you're just like yeah that's not a normal throw
0: are we being spoiled that we're, you know the expectations we have for him when he's making these fantastic pl- making these fantastic plays and we're just ho-hum
1: I, the thing is i'm going to be honest with you i think he's a gamer I don't think he practices as well as he plays. Yeah. And he practices just fine. He practices hard. He works hard. He's out there running. He's he's talking to guys. He's showing leadership, but there's just something about it I think when when that when it's live.
0: When the lights go and on. And the lights
1: go on and they're stepping between those lines. It's a There's, different type of juice. It, yeah, he just he turns it up two or three levels, and and it is a completely different than what we see out here on the practice field.
0: Yeah, Matteo Mele, you know, at center, um, you know, that's kind of an interesting. You know, had a chance to talk to him. Um, you know, and the one thing Coach Huff mentioned was he's bigger than they've
1: had. He's bigger than they've had. Yeah, and Corey and Corey uh, Luciano. Luciano. And um, and uh, the one before him, Luke uh, Wattenberg, right. Um, you know he those guys were not bigger guys. those guys were more technically savvy guys, whereas Matteo melee has that length and that size, but he's also pretty good um, technically. And, and what Scott Huff said today was he goes what Luciano gave us was just, he got everybody lined up. He got everybody in, in, you know, ready to go. He did a good job of making calls and things like that. And he said, and Mateo's right there too, but he's not quite at that level yet. And he, but he's working his way there.
0: Yeah, but like I said, you know, when you t- compare him to what we saw in Luciano... Um, he's just a different size. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, um, that's good to see. And then, mm-hmm. you know, um, also, uh, Scott Huff, um, brought up cause you saw, uh, Zach Canning make a really good play today. Yeah. And then uh, he also mentioned, um, uh,
1: Landon Hatchett. Landon Hatchet. Yeah.
0: Those are the only two young guys that they've got in. But he mentioned those two. Those guys. are the two.
1: Those are the two. There's going to be three more that join them uh, this this uh, summer. But the two that are in earlier, Zach Henning and Landon Hatchett, and both of those guys, you know, he said they're swimming. Obviously, you know, they're trying to learn stuff. But he goes, "There's times where they do something that you're just like, that's not normal for guys that young to be able to do." And, and they're really excited about what both of those guys can do. I asked, the, I asked him about Parker Brailsford and um, Landon Hatchett battling for that backup job. And I think right now, if they had to put in a center, I don't even know if it would be Parker Brailsford yet. Might be Garen Hatchett because he really likes Garen Hatchett a lot. But um, the, he loves Brailsford. And I asked why he's been moved out to, to tackle at times with the twos. And he said bec- it's because he's strong and he's got good feet and he's 275 pounds and he can move and he's played the position before. And we're trying to just make these guys multiple, you know, multiple so they can play these different positions. But I asked if down the road, two or three years from now, could he see a situation where Parker Brailsford is the center and Landon Hatchett is a guard or vice versa? And he goes, yes, he goes absolutely can see that. He said, whoever wins the center job, the other one will probably move over to guard. And then we'll have that guy as our backup center um, when it comes to it. But um, he just, he likes what he's got in these younger guys. And I think he just wants to get them as many reps as possible.
0: Also talk to um, Lee Marks, the running back yep. coach. Yep. And, uh, You know, I asked him, because just when I'm out here and I see these flashes from Tybo Rogers. Mm -hmm. uh, And first of all, Tybo is not a small running back mm-hmm. he's he's got some size to him yeah. where everybody thinks with that name tybo he's going to be five foot eight and 160 pounds no yeah. he's pretty well put it's about together.
1: 195 200
0: yeah and range. you know he just has a something and we talked to you know uh coach marks about that just where he's got a little something there a little bit of that if factor. i don't know how to describe it and i asked coach marks if he could describe it
1: yeah and he basically just said he's just a straight up football player he plays defense, he, you know, on his high school team. He plays defense. See, that's what was interesting
0: yeah. when he talked about that mentality where the def- yeah. guys on the defense wanted him.
1: Yeah, they wanted him as a, as a safety. You,
0: don't you love running backs? Want to play yeah. defense? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, you know, I, uh, you just watch him, Kim. He just moves different. Um, he uh, he has that extra gear, and he is. It's hard to explain. And I asked him. I asked him straight out, is it going to be tough to keep him off the field? And he goes, I could see a situation where it will be tough for us to keep him off the field. He said a lot of that is just him picking up the offense. If he picks it up and learns it like he needs to learn it, sky's the limit for him.
0: But we talked to him about Wayne Talapapa, you know, just not just losing the running ability for him, but just losing that blocking ability because he's as good as we've seen here in yeah. a long, long time.
1: Yeah. The, my opinion I'm trying to think who else was a better pass pro blocker. Now, there might be equal to him, but I don't think there's anyone that's been better than Wayne Talapapa in the 20 years I've covered the team for for Dogman. I can't remember a guy better than him in pass protection.
0: Well, he says Cam Davis is good.
1: Yeah, he did. He says Cam's got a lot. Well, he actually said he's got a lot of reps. He didn't necessarily (laughs) say he was as good as Wayne Talapapa, but I, I just don't know if you have to be. I mean... The better you are, the 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 better it is for the offense, obviously, because you're able to keep Mike Penix clean. You're able to do all this other stuff. But man, I, I mean, I just, Wayne Talapapa, I, I know I've gushed about it so much and he's not here anymore. So people are like, stop talking about him. But man, I just have, I cannot remember a running back clearing out and picking up the blitz like like he did, he just was so good at it. And from now on, anytime I watch some of these younger backs come in over the next, you know, hey Kim, what are we going to be doing this 50 years from now when I'm 102, and you're
0: you won't make it, I will.
1: You're you, but you would be 115. <laughs> so anyway, but whatever it is, uh, but 50 years from now, if I'm still covering the team, I'll look back and I'll say. Who is better than Wayne Talapapa or who is as close to him as possible because that to me he set the bar set the standard
0: yeah and when we take a look at the running back room right now Scott it just sure seems like it's Cam Davis and then everybody else
1: a little bit it does I mean Tybo Rogers is there um we're not seeing Dan- Daniel Nagata do very much um he's been dinged uh Dylan Johnson was not on was not at practice today he's I know he's just rehabbing whatever his injury is we don't know what it is. Um, they love Dylan Johnson, though. They love him. And uh, Sam you
0: know, Sam Adams is having moments. Sam Adams
1: has his has his times when he does some things. Will Nixon actually had a couple nice runs today? But um, overall, Newton I,
0: in yellow again. Yeah,
1: Newton was in yellow. He didn't do team stuff, but he did um, position drills. So um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't I don't know how this this group is going to separate themselves. And I've got to believe, you know, we don't like to talk about. Names and things like that. But I've got to believe there's going to be some movement from this room to help even out the numbers a little bit.
0: Yeah, and it's the guys that we don't talk about. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty easy to figure yeah. out who those but are. But we've
1: talked about all of them except for one. But even that guy, you know, he's already transferred once. So, you know, Dumas. So, yeah. I you know, I I just... I, I There are guys on this roster. I think Tybo Rogers. I was telling somebody, from what I've seen from Tybo Rogers... He's a guy who could come in and start at probably half the programs in this country. Yeah. Okay. Not not Alabama, not Georgia, or anything like that. Maybe not even, um, maybe not even a Michigan State or a or a USC or a Cal or anything like that. But I'm talking, he could have gone to a Mid American school or a wet Mountain West school and started right away. He's got that kind of talent, but he's he's like going to be fifth on the depth chart most likely this year. Yeah. So. Um, you know, you've got, you've got Cam Davis, who could be a starter at, at a lot of schools, a lot of Power 5 schools. You've got Daniel Nagata, who could be a nice role player at a lot of those schools. You've got uh, Dylan Johnson, who could be a starter at many Power 5 schools. How's it going to work out? Will Nixon? I mean, the guy's got talent. I just don't know if he's ever going to be able to show it here. Yeah.
0: Well, maybe maybe it's some blowout games early in the year.
1: Yeah, but man, I just it's it's really hard to see how they're going to have enough carries for, to keep these guys happy.
0: Yeah. Anything else from Huff, by the way?
1: <sighs> um, we you know I we talked about a few things before. Um, that we went through. Julius Bulo is one that I asked about. Um, you know, talk about the ask him to talk about the mentality that Julius had to have coming in, or you know, losing his spot back in uh 2001 halfway through the season playing a backup role last year in 2022 and now he's in the mix to be a starter and he was talking about the confidence that he played with in the fall of 2021 and that 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 confidence started to wane as the offense was playing worse and and things like that he said it just he lost a lot of confidence but he's got that confidence back now and i said compared now spring of 2023 to fall camp of 2021 when he established himself as a starter is he further along now than he was then and Scott have said he's doing different things but i wouldn't necessarily say he's any better than he was then from a uh understanding the offense standpoint i think he he said he said he's just playing with a lot more confidence and that's why he's in there
0: yeah, and he also seems to be in the middle of everything when the when the chippiness oh, there was, starts. There up. was
1: one today where he was on the periphery and he saw a defensive back doing something and he took a shot at uh, Vince Nunley. And Well Vince
0: kinda had it coming.
1: Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, they all kinda did, man. It was it was bad. So yeah. And Mateo Mele was doing it too. So it, it was it was crazy. But is but, Bulo the biggest guy on the team? Yeah, I think so. When you're six 6'8", um, he might not be the biggest from a bulk standpoint. I still think that's Ulumu Ale, MJ yeah. Ale. Um, but you know, from a height and, and frame standpoint It's I, easy I, to find yeah, out there. Yeah, him and Roger Rosengartner are probably the biggest guys. Yeah. yeah.
0: So um, but again, good day at practice, real real chippy and
1: last full practice we'll be able to see. We won't Fridays will just be a walkthrough.
0: And then we've got the spring, preview, spring preview on Saturday that's at one o'clock. And then
1: we're done, Kim. We're done with pads until August
0: yeah and then the transfer portal starts yeah. <laughs> no.
1: well no I mean that's that's true but what I mean is we're, coming done, up with, here, we're coming done with up. watching football
0: yeah yeah so because so, um, I ain't
1: watching the XFL or USFL that's boring stuff
0: yeah uh, so spring preview one o'clock on Saturday's have yes. a little bit later start than normal
1: yeah usually it's around noon uh or even 11 I would have preferred like an 11 o'clock start, but yeah. it is what it is. Yeah,
0: and I mean, it's a good chance for the fans to come out and eyeball some well, of this stuff, but you know. And it's, Kim,
1: you've said it many times, you know, a lot of people will have early like soccer games or baseball games, yeah. and then they can get out to the afternoon, so hopefully hopefully the fans, I mean, if they could get 10 grand in here,
0: in That's the stadium, I
1: don't think it's gonna happen, but if they could get 10 grand in the stadium, I think it'd be great. It's. It's just, it's so much different. Once you get west of Texas, it's just so different.
0: Well, the weather's not looking like it's, it's not willing going to yeah. cooperate either. Yep. so I,
1: I'll be dry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be up in the press box, but yeah. But yeah, no, it doesn't look like it's going to be a great day. All right. And then, uh, and, uh, as far as weather's concerned. Yeah, uh, a
0: lot of high school kids here, just one or two recruits is about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. John Mills was probably the biggest name guy that was here today. He's a kid out of St. Ignatius in, uh, in uh, St. Ignatius Prep in San Francisco. Obviously a, a private school down there. Um, big lineman, 6'5", probably about, I don't know, 290, somewhere in that range. 20, kid. He's 15. Yeah, yeah, so he's, and he's young. He's so big. Yeah, so he's a 20, kid, so he's only going to be a junior this fall. He's a sophomore right now. He's only going to be a junior this fall. And u uh, is the only offer he has right now, but he's got a lot of other schools looking at him.
0: Yeah, big, I mean, I just look at him and go, that kid's 15? Jeez. Yeah. I mean, when I was 15, I was 112 pounds.
1: When I, when, I was four, when I entered high school, I was 4'11 and, like, maybe 100 pounds. Yeah. Okay? And then I shot up and, and obviously put on weight and things like that. And when I graduated high school, I was about 5'10". And about 170 pounds. So, but, yeah, I was tiny. Yeah. I was tiny. So, All yeah, right. he's a big boy.
0: Uh, he was about the only guy here. Uh, Dom, yeah, I mean, there was a... Dom, there was Dom, Dom Doste. Dom, Dom Doste.
1: Here. And there was a bunch of Side Catholic guys <coughs> that were here as well. And then they had a 7-on-17 seven gridiron something. I didn't know. Yeah. But I, I don't, you know, when you don't see the recruiting guys spending a lot of time with them kind of tells you that they're they're just here to kind of see what's going on
0: all right saturday I'm um, expecting any major guys well, in
1: um yes pocky Finau and uh carson cox both are coming up that carson cox is a uh, 2025 uh running back and pocky Finau is an offensive lineman they're both from the same high school um down in, uh, I think it's Oak Hills. I could be wrong on that, but I think it's Oak Hills down in uh, Southern California. Those are two big names that'll be here, but we're expecting about 20 to 30 top end guys and another like 30 to 40 that are guys that UW may recruit, but they just are on them heavily right now, whether they're 2024, 2025, 2026. That's kind of way it is.
0: Yeah, just keep on checking the recruiting boards. Yep. If there's anything to update, Scott yep. will make sure and push something. And
1: I wanted to talk a little bit about Braden Platt, uh, you know, making his announcement of the top eight. Um, and, uh, um, you know, a, a lot of people have won. I've been saying in my blog for a while, and I know not everybody reads the blog, but I've been saying in the blog for a while that neither UW. U-Dub is not very high on him, and he is not very high on UW. So I think it was just more of a mutual part, parting of the ways, more than anything. And I just
0: have a feeling yeah. that yeah, the deal with him is he just doesn't fit the defensive scheme that they're running.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I think there there's some. It's not that he's not talented. No, no. He's a talented guy. He's smart, and he's he's night. He, he's a good kid. Yeah. He's not. This isn't an attitude thing where he was just looking for an NIL deal or anything like that. I don't think that plays a I mean, obviously, it's going to play a little part in it, but I don't think that's that's really what it is. I just think that Washington thinks that he might have maxed out his potential, and I think that he thinks that he's bigger than Washington. Well, he's a big kid. He is. He's,
0: he's a big linebacker. Yeah, he's
1: like 240 pounds already. Already. Yeah.
0: I mean, what's the biggest linebacker Washington has on the roster right now?
1: About 240, maybe. You know, Eddie Ulofosio?
0: Yeah, I mean, it just seems to me like they're looking for more guys that can maybe run better.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, I mean, he's more of, I mean, if you took Braden Platt and you put him in the 1980s, 1990s, he's a perfect fit for the defenses they ran back then. But nowadays, I just, I don't know if he's that sideline-to-sideline guy that you're you're really looking for. UW was recruiting him, make no mistake. They were recruiting him, but... I think a a function of that was just, or I think that was just a function of him being a in-state guy. I don't think they would have even made much of a call to him in the first place had he been a kid from Oregon or from Nevada or California. I just don't see it.
0: Compare compare him to Keith Brown.
1: Yeah, and I don't, I don't even, I haven't even tracked Keith Brown after after he got. Um, you're talking about the kid who went to Oregon, who's now in the the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. and and. Yeah. the same guy? I I mean, Platt's bigger than he was. He was only 220 in high school. Yeah. And Platt is 240 pounds. So, we'll see. Yeah. I mean, Platt will find a place. I'm sure he'll be just fine. He'll do really well in college. I just don't think Washington felt he was a good fit, and I think that's why they... Didn't really recruit him that hard.
0: Well, the other thing that's happening too, Scott, is with Tracy Ford and what's going on up here, football players are getting a lot more exposure and it's mm-hmm. almost become the fad to leave home. Yeah. And it's not only here, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty much nationwide. Well,
1: and think about this. If the kid wants to come home, there's always a transfer portal. Yeah. So you guys might not see him as a freshman and sophomore, but you might see him as a junior and senior. Yeah. So just, there's lots of different times. Nowadays... A kid going somewhere is not the death knell to you not getting him ever again.
0: Well, we're also seeing this in basketball as well as football, you know, where some of these local guys, they're leaving. Mm -hmm. They have an offer from UW and they leave. Mm -hmm. And they go somewhere and it doesn't work out for them and they want to come back home. Mm -hmm. Or they, I mean, I know for a fact, players have called coaches here and want to come back. But guess what? They didn't do anything where they were at. Yeah. You know, so it's just one of those things. I'm not saying that's true with this kid, but it's not... A lot of time when it comes to recruiting, people are more concerned about who they didn't get instead mm-hmm. of who they got, mm-hmm. you know. So um, in this place, you know, I think they'll get a good player instead of uh, Braden Platt. So. Yeah, they'll right. be fine. All right. Uh, just touch bases on basketball. Uh, I'm, I, I'm still thinking I'm waiting for somebody to do a rap song or a hip-hop song called Waiting on an Edit. So I'll just say that on basketball, we're waiting on an edit. So stay tuned to the basketball board. So go ahead and wrap it up for us, Scott.
1: Uh, good day. Um, excited for I, I'm 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 going to be honest with you, Kim. I'm excited for spring ball to be over with because it it's very tedious. You know, other than the the full team periods that we get to watch some stuff go on, it's it's practice, and they have to do the things they're doing but it's boring for it's us. It's groundhogs. Yeah, I mean, it's, we just see the same thing all the time. So I'm looking forward to getting into the off season. I mean, things are gonna pick up, like when football winds down, recruiting picks up because the coaches are out on the road evaluating guys. They're, they're um, seeing guys play uh, spring ball and do all those different things. And then throw on top of that, you also have um, the portal that is now open and and um washington has already had one guy possibly two enter the portal first one being Sabel smalls the other one possibly being camden sermon but we haven't actually seen an announcement from him on that yet um and then um you know we think there's going to be at least four or five more guys who end up going um and uh, we'll, we'll be all over that so just stay tuned to our site but Things are going to r- slow down when it comes to actual football, but recruiting and and the draft is also next week, next yeah. next Thursday. Yeah. So a week from tomorrow. So um, you know, I'm I'm sure we're going to hear uh, uh, Kirkland's name called at some point. He's probably the only one, but there's a chance you might see Henry Bainavalu get a get a call from somebody.
0: Jeremiah Martin. The, I
1: mean, Jeremiah Martin might get get something. I don't think Wayne Talopop is a draft choice, but he's gonna get he's gonna be on a roster somewhere. I think
0: he'll be on a practice squad yeah, next year.
1: Definitely. So, um, you know, there's gonna be some stuff going on. We're gonna be all over that stuff too. So just stay tuned to Dogman and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, final spring ball for us, final spring practice. The thing full, on, full practice. Yeah, the thing on Saturday is just, you know, I always say it's a dog and pony show. It's good for the fans. Mm-hmm. So uh, Well, they on.
1: haven't gotten a chance to come out and watch. Yeah,
0: come on out and see it. And if you run into any of us, make sure and come up and introduce yourself. Yep. So, uh, again, you know, it's just covering. This stuff is easy for us. Next week, when we start doing the transfer portal stuff, Ugh. it's just like... It's a
1: slog, guys. You guys have no idea. We're, there's so much misinformation that comes out and all that different yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's just... So. Yeah,
0: we, when we're all spread, that's when stuff happens. Yeah, you exactly. Know? So just you know, just keep it tuned in here at dogman.com. It's
1: just... It, it's part of it's us getting used to covering portal stuff. And some of these are guys we've never... Like, some of them are kids that... I've established relationships with that are coming back to UW. Maybe they're a local guy who wants to look to coming back. Maybe that's a California kid that turned down UW, but now is good enough and wants to be part of UW. Um, But then there's guys from back East that they're getting. Remember Chris Mole? Oh, yeah. When he came in, when he got recruited, he was up on an official visit. None of us even, I had never even talked to the guy before. So it took me... Three days afterwards to finally get a hold of him and talk to him about his commitment to UW. So it's just it's it's harder at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm, we're not expecting the transfer portal to be a big deal. Maybe three or four guys. Yeah, maybe, well, well, maybe the,
1: the thing is I last time Chris did the thing and he needs to update the numbers for us. But I think the last time they needed four to leave, and so far Savell is one, so they need three. To my knowledge, they need three more to get down to 85. They'll
0: have more departures than they were will arrivals.
1: Yes, correct. Do
0: you think, I, I, well, I, I'm anticipating two or three arrivals in the transfer portal. Yeah,
1: well, that means they need to have six guys leave. Yeah. So yeah. six more guys. Yeah. I mean, that we've got stories written for a few. <laughs> but 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 we, we we're waiting for we're waiting to see if it's happening or waiting not. for an edit. Yeah, exactly. Waiting on an edit. Exactly.
0: So anyways, for all of us at dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Scott Eklund. Go Dogs.